Hey. Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. So welcome to Status Macabre. I'm Carrie. And I'm Chrissy. And we are super excited to share with you guys today. Um, we have a, a lot of really amazing things that are going on this week that have happened in the last week. Yes, we have. So we have launched, officially launched our website, statusmacabre.com. Yes, you guys can go take a look at our beautiful mugs. Um, and you can also check out uh, the donate page if you feel so inclined. Um, but I feel like it doesn't really say donate. It's, you know. Oh, no, but it's it's for our bail money. So, yeah. Fu- funny story. It's crazy because <laughs> Chrissy came over earlier and I was like, hey, there's an issue with our page. And I pull up the homepage and it says bail money or bail bonds. And she's like, that's a joke, Carrie. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly it wasn't very clear. But that's and I was okay. like. I didn't know, so um, <laughs> clearly I'm the one that's a little more serious. <laughs> Obviously, if you haven't noticed, Carrie's a little bit more reserved. I am not. I have a little bit uh, louder voice, if you guys have not realized that yet. Um, so if it sounds like I'm screaming in my mic. Um, she is. I'm not, actually. <laughs> that's um, literally her inside voice. Yeah, I have no inside voice. Well, and I feel like that's, you know, let's just talk about that. And one of the things you guys will notice about us is we're extremely transparent. So, you know, you may hear some clicking in the background. My dog's here. He's probably going to be chewing on his toy. Oh, he's chewing on that damn squishy thing earlier. And I'm like, freaking um, puppy. But this is real life for us. You know, yeah. we do this because we love it. And we want to bring, you know, what we love about this to you guys. And I feel like you're really going to enjoy it. Just... You know, bear with us. Like I said, there probably is going to be a few background noises that you'll have to adjust to. Yeah, maybe. Fair. Yeah. So, in addition to that, we have our website that we just talked about, and um, I uploaded some pics on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So one of the which things was that, a first for me. <laughs> like, I got I got to be honest with you guys. Chrissy's like, you know, uh, just been the like I don't even know what the word is. Just taking the bull by the horns and just running with it. So she's. She's been so amazing and I done, am a project manager and done pretty much everything like this last week. I've been a little incapacitated and she's just taken the bull by the horns and run with it. And I we should probably clear that up though. It's not like you were drunk. No, no, no. I wasn't, I, <laughs> you I wasn't like, like I was not on the, you know, like on the fifth floor of Richland or anything like that. It wasn't like I was incapacitated. <laughs> Richland hospital, you mean? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. It's just, I mean, I had some things going on at home and this yeah. is, you know, this is our, this is not our main source of what we do every day. This is our, right. this is funsies for us. Funsies. So, um, you know, in addition to our website going live and being posted, and by the way, you know, please check it out. There's a contact, contact us section. Let oh, us yes. We definitely so want to amazing. hear from you guys. We've tested that out so many times. Every time yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, there's nobody that's trying to help <laughs> This is so Psych. sad. I'm like, my phone just buzzed. Oh. Oh, damn it. Like, no, there's nothing. It's just me. It <laughs> doesn't matter if it's your kid or your mom. <laughs> but check it. We got like 127 likes on Facebook. That was like, whoop, whoop. That is more likes than I've had on anything that I've ever posted on Facebook. I know, right? And I don't think I even have that many right friends. Right now. Right <laughs> anyway, we digress. So one of the other things I want to share with you guys, one of the things that we want to share with you guys, in addition to our website is, uh, we're going to be traveling next week to, <gasps> I don't know, I don't know, do we dun, dun, dun. Or do we, so we're going to go to a 
graveyard. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna have a podcast next week from a graveyard, um, from one of our most favorite places, and from an area that's you know it's like it's got a lot of haunted history. Oh yeah, it's got some crazy, uh, just paranormal things, um, and uh, really murder. You've got some. Pretty much everything. strange happenings going on. There's so, a yeah. lot of weirdness. So, so yeah, we're you know, super excited about that. We're yeah. not going to give it all away because yeah. you know we want to leave you guys on the edge of your seat. I mean, yeah. I don't know that you are, but you know, <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. So we're <laughs> we're heading out tomorrow to go to this you know new secret Jedi mind tricks quiet place that nobody knows about. <laughs> yes, that's it, Luke. I am your father. <laughs> but anyway, right. but outside of that, you know, we've got the website up. We have um, our contact us page. Of course, you can um, check out all of the pictures that we posted recently. Recently for the podcast that Chrissy is going to be going over today. Oh yeah! And let me tell you, this girl's excited. I you have no idea. So I I think Carrie, let's uh, yeah, get on with it. I, right. I feel like we've taken care of business. You yeah, agree? I do. All so right. the, one of the things that I want to say, you know, initially is that, you know, we, we do have a disclaimer. So listener discretion is advised. So most, if not all of the content that we're going to be going over is likely not suitable for young children. And, you know, you guys, it's not just children. Some adults don't like to hear this either. So um, take that into consideration if you choose to continue to listening, continue to listen to this podcast. Um, also, um, anything, anytime we're going to go over something that's extremely gruesome, we're going to give you a trigger warning. Yeah. So we're not just going to go right into craziness. Yeah, no, I'll definitely say this is some bullshit or we'll say trigger something. Yeah. Um, I can have it starred on our side. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got it, um, pegged on our side. So we'll give you guys a heads up. Um, but that said, I, I want to go ahead and, and clink cheers today's drink is once again mimosas yeah. because this is our favorite. And and I got to be honest with you And we're you guys. fancy. Yeah, and we are. Um, so it is almost 5 o'clock on the um, eastern coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. in um, South Carolina. Chrissy, Chrissy and I have been working on this podcast since 1130. Is that fair? That's embarrassing, and I, but and yes. I, it is. And, I'm just, <laughs> and again, you guys are going to get some real transparency with us. So Chrissy came over. We're super excited. She was a little, you know, we're all a little stressed. This is our first official podcast. Yep. So we decided that we were going to just relax. We're going to kind of, you know, get everything set up, go over our notes. Uh, um, and nothing worked. Yeah, computers <laughs> failed equipment, us. software, everything. Equipment. Like, there's two laptops and a PC here. And uh, I don't I'll take pick it. I don't care what happened. I don't care which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, not a, not a issues. damn thing worked. Issues. Yeah. And, and we're so... Effing frustrated right now. <laughs> and that's probably the first time that I've ever said effing instead of I know, fuck. Right. Just let it out. <laughs> I just I cannot tell you. We were we're we're kind of riding on that high still. Oh, I know. Well, I just got back from my brother's house. Um, I had to pause, uh, go to my my <sighs> niece's drive up birthday party, um, got out, play around with my nieces. Don't get me started on that. And um I uh yeah, I'm a little stressed. I'm super stressed. So we have had 
a stressful day and you know we it's still good i mean we're still excited but we kind of hope that we'd have had this done three or four times by now. yeah i know i'm stressed about yeah just not having shit done so there we go and we got to get up at like i don't know 4 30 in the morning and get on a plane super early to go to our location for next week oh so yes yeah. Usa. Anyway, so we're having a mimosa. We're relaxing. We're both a little on edge. Not, maybe not on edge isn't the right word. I don't know. Both... You might get some uh, excitement out of it. You might. Yeah. It might, be, it might be your cup of tea. I don't know. It may not. <laughs> but let's go ahead and dive into it. So today's episode is titled The Boat Ramp Mystery, a.k.a. Where the Hell Did My Mistress Go? This is the senseless kidnapping of Heather Elvis. And just so you guys know, Heather Elvis disappeared on December 18th, 2013 from the Peachtree Boat Landing. And as of this recording today on February 21st, 2021, she has not been found. Mm. So our case takes place in and around the Myrtle Beach area and the county of Ori in South Carolina. And that, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say. Yeah, interject. She said Hori. Some people say Hori. It's, it's not Hori. It's H-O-R-R-Y. So for all of our um, non-South Carolina listeners, I just got to say. <laughs> it's Hori. I'm just going to put it out there. It's not Hori. I mean, we got a different story if it's Hori. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway. Hey, it's Hori and Hori. I know, right? I got nothing. <laughs> Idiot. So Hori County is comprised of lots of different towns and beaches um, it includes Surfside Beach, Garden City Beach, and of course, I said of course, but of course, uh, Myrtle Beach, yeah. a.k.a. Dirty, Dirty Myrtle. Myrtle. Um, and, and us South Carolinians like to call it Dirty Myrtle. And there's a whole story about that. If you guys want to Google it, you guys go ahead. I could go into a whole rant about that. But um, anyway, Horry County runs along the south, uh, the coast of South Carolina from North Carolina state line to Merle's Inlet, where Georgetown County begins. The largest city in Horry County is Myrtle Beach, and it tracks a lot of tourists from all over the U.S. and along um, with that, unfortunately, comes crime. So according to an ABC4 News article in January of 2020, Myrtle Beach was ranked as the most dangerous city in South Carolina. And so that was 2020. Yeah. So that was literally last year. But I, I got to interject here and say. Yeah, go. We're we're literally a, a week apart in age, Chrissy and I are. Yes. So, and she's literally lived in this state all of her life. Well, no. Most of her life, right? Yeah. Like, like we both have, right? So anyway. Oh, well, yeah. So I never. Long enough to remember. Right. <laughs> well, I never, as a child, younger adult, younger adult, my parents never took me to Royal Beach. Never did. Never went to Myrtle Beach. Because in the 90s, it was not very pleasant either. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, recent data from an FBI uh, website shows the total crime per 100,000 people is about 12,424, which is roughly, from a percentage standpoint, 401.64%, if we're going to be technical, above the national average, which is super disheartening to know one of my favorite places as a kid, um, well into my 20s, just 
has so much crime associated with it. So I gotta say, if we're talking about anything over a hundred percent, yeah, like, that's like, like <laughs> what? Is there really four hundred percent? Like what? I got you at sixty percent, seventy-five percent, ninety-eight percent, based on what the websites. When you go to four hundred and one point six four percent, I'm like, I don't even know. Well, what's maybe it's of right five hundred percent. I got nothing. <laughs> no, the, the well, you know, is, I don't know math, so no, like, I don't fair, know what that same means. thing. I mean. The, the point is, it's insane. It's no, it just, is. It's it is. Well, and you know, I here's my thought is that it comes from the tourism to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. The folks of Myrtle Beach are great people. And, and they're sick of it. And, you know, I, I don't think those are the folks that are, are actually contributing to the crime. It's Maybe, outsiders. you know, I'm going to... Excluding this case, right? But it's it's in the minority. Fair, that's fair. But you know, I remember Ocean Boulevard. You know, there were awesome clubs, bars. You know, cruising up and down Ocean Boulevard. I mean, all you wanted to do was get in your car, you drive down Ocean Boulevard. I remember my um, best friend in high school, and um, still very dear friend of mine um, who has moved away from the hell of Myrtle Beach, but she lived in Myrtle Beach and I, we would drive up and down Ocean Boulevard. It was like, honk, honk. And you're just looking out people out the side of the window. Like, yeah, buddy. And you didn't talk to him. You just, right. You were just like, yo, but yeah, there was uh, you you pass each other on Ocean Boulevard um, bike week. I mean, come on. Who did love some Harley Davidson's you got, some serious entertainment. So did you actually, I never, I, I went because it was on my, you know, my birthday's in April, your birthday's in April. And so, um, when I would go visit Kim, you know, we, I would go around my birthday. Were you, I was in my twenties. Okay. okay. Um, that's fair. I never, I want to say in my, no, it was my twenties. I I never went as a teen. My parents did not like it. My parents are very much. And you know, I think you know this, like they're very much, very traditional, yeah. And they want. They I mean, mine are too. But, fun, but they yeah. want quiet. Yeah, they don't want any of the the right. the riffraff. I get that it. Comes along. Not well, you know. I can't say that my parents did. It was when I left their house. It was like, there, yeah. and I so yeah. I don't think I went to Myrtle Beach proper to do any of the fun stuff until my kids were four or five years old, oh. six or seven, which would have been you know mid to late twenties. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I can say. My early 20s, uh, late, late teens. Uh, yeah, Kim lived in Myrtle Beach and she, oh yeah, we, she was a server. We would go to some, some, uh, great time. yeah, some dive bars, underage. I love a dive bar. Yeah. Well, another podcast. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't let the crime scare me off. I mean, Myrtle Beach does have some really great restaurants, bars, excellent golf courses and of course the beach is superb it goes on for miles and miles and by late march early april while the water is cold as well we think it's cold as hell yeah i i can't speak for northerners i mean you guys think but you're a northerner 70 oh i i moved here when i was four yeah i mean from ohio i don't know that that's necessarily north my but 
my dad's from Detroit, and I feel okay, like... Okay, that's north. I feel like he would not be in the ocean, but I feel like he would have his... Bikini ankles. on? No, no. <laughs> negative on the bikini. No dad. I love you so much. No bikini. He, would, he would probably be in the water to his knees. Uh, fishing. No. Like, he, he's I'm not going to be no. No. in the water in the water. Yeah, no, 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 no. But usually by then, I mean, the, the weather is 60s, low 70s. Uh, Myrtle Beach is actually rated number 11 out of 16 by U.S. News of the top East Coast beaches to visit. Yeah. So if you haven't been, you really should go. It's definitely worth a visit. And it's been that way for many years. Oh, I I mean. This isn't just us talking about this now. It's not like it just happened yesterday. No, love Myrtle Beach. People are great. um, But very busy in the summer, summer months. Um, but anyway, all right. So uh, let's let's dive into a little bit about our victim. Yeah. Um, our victim's name is Heather Elvis. Uh, as I said earlier, she was a native of Carolina Forest, which is right outside of Myrtle Beach proper. She was born to Debbie and Terry Elvis on June thirtieth, nineteen ninety three, and she was squished between her older brother Chris and younger sister Morgan. She really was a beautiful girl. She was five feet one with long brown hair, brown eyes, and from a personality perspective, was somewhere between a girly girl and a tomboy. I can relate. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Got three brothers. Oh, that's fair. I had two, but you know, I. Four wheelers, dirt bikes. Ah, yeah. Go karts. Playing in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was. I love her already. I just love her. Oh, yeah. Well, and she looks so cute. I I just want to grab her and squish her. Yeah, she was uh, said that she liked to ride four-wheelers and play sports, but she also lived to dress up and look, like, totally glamorous, which I can get down with. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, I know, right? Uh Uh-huh. She was also very creative and liked to draw. She had a passion for helping people and volunteer at church. It was through the church that she went on a mission trip to Costa Rica and helped to rebuild a woman's roof uh, that was in horrible shape. In Costa Rica. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Think um, about someone who, I mean, just think about. Oh, I know. How good of a person. Oh, you know, my friend Kim, and I love you, miss you. Um, she went on so many Habitat uh, for Humanity yeah. and has gone to so many, you know, just third world countries to help build houses because um, she's such a good person, unlike myself. But, like, on her... Like, I was she, trying to keep a straight face. Like, she <laughs> like she wanted and does that on vacation. Like, that, she's just... Oh, oh. that's amazing. Yeah, I love her, been, and I don't know where you I know, but, oh, my God. Anyway, that's what she does. But, um, anyway, so it was through the church uh, that she did go through um, the Costa Rica mission trip. Um, she visited a local orphanage and taught young children how to read. Oh, my God. Just, she sounds like a freaking saint. I, right? Unlike us. But anyway, um, looking through her social, social media accounts. Us. I'm awesome. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, her social media accounts, I will say she definitely had a mind of her own. Um, and somewhat of a crass sense of humor, which I can totally appreciate. Um, as you sit here and listen to Carrie and I go back and forth. Because, yeah, our sense of humor is probably not everybody's cup of tea. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, she really was just a typical 20-year-old girl. Well, if you think about it, like, when you were 20, and when I was 20, clearly it, it was different for, right. for both of us. But when I was 20, I was, I mean, I was... Loud, proud, and... 
maybe not loud and proud, but I didn't feel like anything could happen to me. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, There's a naive. I can remember yeah. a conversation that I had with my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was when I was 20. And mom, if you're listening, she's probably not going to recall this, right? I think it was when I was younger. Yeah. And my mom is in the medical field. And basically what she was trying to tell me is like, Anything could happen. Like, you you know, your heart could stop. You could, whatever. I, <laughs> right. I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but just don't be too cocky. Just, you know, make sure you appreciate life. Right. And I was like, I'm not going to die. Yeah, well, you're 20. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I'm not going to die in the next minute. Mom's <laughs> like, Carrie, you just don't say that. I'm like, it's not going to happen. And so there's probably 10 minutes that we went back and forth. Right. And now I look at, you know, I look back and I think that I was just too young and stupid to eat. Well, we, we all have that, that Superman suit on, Fair. you know, when we're, yeah. when we're in our 20s. So it was just, I actually, my mother probably never thinks about that. I think about that often. Hmm. How stupid I was to say. Uh, well, I don't know that you're stupid. Oh, no, I'm not stupid. I'm just saying, <laughs> let, me, let me just explain. Let me just, let me just at the time. Let's I just level moment. set. Right. Okay. We'll put a pin in that. Anyway. So in 2011, Heather graduated from St. James High School, which is in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. Uh, once she was out of high school, she became particularly interested in cosmetology. And in 2013, recently secured a job at a salon in downtown Myrtle Beach as a makeup artist while she was still working as a hostess at the Tilted Kilt Pub and Eatery. So she graduated high school. Yep. She was like, I've got to get this job at the Tilted Kilt because I need some money. Yep. But this is not my passion. Oh, yeah. No, she was all about some some makeup and some hair stuff, some cosmetology. And I can tell you, you no, I had an aunt that was super... Uh, she actually had her cosmetology degree and I, or certificate, I guess. Anyway, uh, she did hair. I thought she was the coolest fucking person on the face of the earth. There's nobody in my family that does that. Oh. And let me tell you, if I find somebody that does that, I'm going to latch onto them. Oh, I know, right? Because <laughs> free haircuts for the rest of my life, right? Anyway, for those of you who don't know, Tilted Kilt is a Scottish-Irish-themed sports pub. Mm. The girls wear kilts and a shrug-type top that shows off their belly. Um, maybe pushes up their boobs a little bit, which is yeah, something we could flattering. all use. Right? I mean, oh, it is very fat. Oh, yeah. Definitely something um, I couldn't get away uh, get away with wearing at my age. Um, Heather, however, looked at 20 was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be, you know, if I, I mean, just so we're talking about it, we're diving into it. I mean, if I was a mother of a, of a daughter, which I'm not, I have sons, I would, I'd be a little worried if I had such a, you know, Heather beautiful, beautiful daughter. Yeah. I, right. I just, I don't know. I, it just, it would I know, but me I mean, think about the tips she's raking in. No, no, I, I mean, come on. When I you were 20, 20, I'd put that shit on and I'd be like, whoo no, I mean, if $5, I was 20 and I feel $10. like, yeah, yeah, we, we all, yeah, I get it. We all do a few things, but as a parent, oh yeah, it would, it would not sit. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, Wouldn't sit well I'd with be you. worried. I, I'd be yeah. worried, I guess. Maybe not hurts the right word. I'd be yeah, worried. No, I, I get know, it. When are you home? I'm sure her parents that were probably a little concerned. Yeah. You know, um, given. Like, would your dad be concerned? Oh, my dad would probably not even discuss it because he probably want to punch me my dad would say although he wouldn't i love you dad yeah 
<laughs> my dad, and I feel like I can say this, my dad would say, what do you need me to pay you every month? Right, <laughs> to keep you out of this outfit. <laughs> and, it, and it would be probably... But you're 20. Several, I mean... Well, there would be several things. It would be like the outfit, and then I don't want people to look at me a certain Right, way. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but Heather was 20. I mean, oh, she's, she's her gorgeous. own person. She is. She's you know, your, your parents... Have to cut the cord at some point and let you make your own decisions. Yeah, yeah. And so that's fair. Anyway, um, so the tilted Rant over. Yeah, sorry. Oh, first soapbox. Um, the restaurant was uh, located in Broadway at the Beach Shopping and Entertainment Complex, which is all love Broadway. Yeah, it, it, I love it. It's located in downtown Myrtle Beach. Uh, the restaurant has been closed. Um, and based on the Tilted Kilts website, because I looked it up, it looks like there's only about 47 locations left open in the U.S. and in Canada. Well, so, so it's kind of gone downhill. I'm sure you know this, but we have a Tilted Kilt. Well, we had one. We had one. up the road. Yeah, in Harvison. Three or four years ago. Yeah. It shut down. And I got to be honest with you, I would go up there uh, once a week and meet up several friends and we'd watch yeah. Fight Night, UFC Fight Night. Yeah. Awesome. I remember you saying that. Yeah. 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 Had a good time. Yeah. Anyway, so she meets uh, her best friend, Brianna Worlman, um, now Coltzer, um, at the Tilted Kilt. They become very fast friends, best friends, in fact, and Heather moves into Bree's apartment in Myrtle Beach and then uh, becomes her roommate. So according to Heather's supervisor, Jessica Cook, there was no one at Tilted Kilt that didn't like her or didn't get along with her. She was everybody just a loved Heather. yeah. Everybody loved her. She was she was always happy. Now I couldn't pin pack pin pack <laughs> pinpoint and um, an exact date, but sometime early in 2013, Heather meets a 37 year old welding contractor named Sydney Moore. So here now are. wait. All right, all right. I've got I've got to. Uh, for my husband, I've got to say it's Mura if you're low country. So Shut it's Mura. I'm I'm sorry, I'm but that's have a conversation it's, with him. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> um it's it's it is spelled M-O-O-R-E-R. -R. Looks like it's more. It is. And matter of fact, I gotta be honest, you guys. I gotta be honest with you guys. So Chrissy told me that this was gonna be her first podcast many weeks ago. And months prior to this she was like hey check out uh check out heather elvis i think they did something on forensic files or mm -hmm. some true crime something somewhere i never did so i didn't even <laughs> i gotta be honest i didn't at I was least like, you're honest yeah right <laughs> so so <laughs> when she said it, we've been talking she was like more and so when i'm reading this i'm like more she's got something's wrong no it's more it's oh. Moora. I'm sorry. Are we talking about Low Country Somerville or Low Country? Uh, yeah, Somerville, actually. Yeah. So, uh, but he, I mean, he was uh, actually in the Low Country. Um, and he's he was 38 years old. He was 37 years old. 37. And yep. she was 20. Yep. Yep. He owned his own maintenance company called Palme Palmetto Maintenance. He comes into the tilted kilt when needed to work on appliances and whatnot. He's the fixer guy, or as Heather calls him and describes her feelings toward him in a tweet, the guy who builds things at my job makes me cream my pants. Hashtag wet dreams tonight. 
Okay, I just, I gotta stop you because my dad does listen to this, so it's awkward. I know, I got nothing like, for you. Would you post, like, can, would you post that? At 20 years old? At 20? Yeah, oh. if I'm thinking my parents don't know what the hell Twitter is, guaranteed. Oh, I mean. No, I, I, oh, my grandma, my mom, my dad. Oh, I mean, now I wouldn't, but I mean, I'm 20, your parents are. Even I am 20, my grandma's probably still. No, you wouldn't. You would not be thinking about your grandma when you're 20. Um, hello, MySpace. Yeah. (laughs) Would have thought about that. (laughs) Hello, 2000s (laughs) calling. They want you to be quiet. So, uh, she definitely had the hots for Sydney and wasn't shy about sharing that with all of Twitter, at least. In another tweet, she says, one of these days, I will drag that man into the mop closet and have my way with him. Lord have mercy. In an interview with Bree, after Heather's disappearance, she confirmed Heather's brazenness, but also said that Sydney, too, flirted with Heather just as much, if not more, than Heather did with Sydney. So it was a two-way street. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't... It wasn't like she was coming on to him solely and, so, or vice versa. So, it was absolutely two-way. So I'm 20-year-old Heather. Yep. And I'm su- super interested in 37-year-old Sydney. Yep. But he's reciprocating my Absolutely. And, and tell me that doesn't help your ego. 100%. Right? I know now a man who owns his own business. Yep. Who I find extremely attractive. And he's showing me attention. And he's showing me attention. Hello. Aside from calling and texting, Sydney would come into the restaurant to see her when he wasn't working to bring her bagels and coffee. It was obvious Heather and Sydney were an item as the summer came to a close in 2013. Heather's supervisor, Jessica Cook, confirmed this later in court when she took the stand. It seems she saw texts from Sydney and Heather discussing their sexual adventures on the patio of the Tilted Kilt. After the restaurant had closed for the evening. So, how do you think she saw these text messages? So, I can tell you because in the court uh, transcription, basically, she said that she was in the office. Heather had to leave her phone in the office because they weren't allowed to have them, like, on the floor. floor, right. So, she left it in the office to charge. So, she happened to see Heather's phone, like, ding, ding. In so the then, office. So then her messages must have been set up. Yes. Because mine aren't like that. Like, yep. nothing happens on my phone. You're like, <laughs> don't like, swipe nope. left. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guess what? Nothing's happened on my phone that anybody's going to see yeah, so, on my code. Yeah, so I think, you know, for her, it dinged. Um, and Jessica looked over it to see what it was because she said her, the phone kept going off. Dude, so she double checked She I, and she saw it was from Sydney. I got to tell you, I mean, I clearly, I don't know this girl. I feel like it's a little grimy. Like, I mean. To look know, at that girl's messages? I mean, like that, to be able to say I've seen. Well, okay. So what she did messages. say, though, also is that, and, and to put it into context, you know, Jessica said, you know, she was kind of the mother hen to all these women. So she she was kind of the mom, um, and she was a little bit older, and and so I think she Protective was just nature. you know and well that and she didn't know if her parents were trying to get a hold of her or something. I mean they're not allowed to have their phones out. So, Sounds like a busybody to me. Just yeah. Well, I'm just saying you no, know no. that's <laughs> you know what I'm glad that she saw him because if not now there's something there's that, at there's least a, a trail right? right exactly so. 
you know, I'm I'm thinking. And I guarantee you now, because of this, right? That chick's reading everybody's messages. Oh, and she's like, oh yeah. Them. Guess what? I'm reading. I, I don't care. Is it in your pocket? Give me that damn phone. I need to see your phone, and I need to make sure that you select that <laughs> I can see your messages. So while this beautiful union may sound like the start of something amazing, despite the age difference, uh, there is a bit of a problem. I mean, just a tiny, teensy, weensy little problem. A little bit? A little bit. Uh, turns out Sydney is married. Wah, wah, wah. So uh, I, I figure everybody's probably, they were waiting on something. So there it is. She's married. But in fact, at this point in our story, Sydney has been married for uh, 20 years to the same woman. So is it too, I mean, is it too early for me to ask? Oh, if, uh, well, I'll let you know, because I'm just going to say zip it. Oh, <laughs> Surely, Heather knows. Yeah. All Heather right. is aware. Okay. So, I'll, I will reserve so, my criticism. Yeah. Later. No, she is aware. Um, but, you know, I'd like to dive in a little bit about Sydney, if yeah, we could. Absolutely. Um, Sydney St. Clair Moore uh, was born in 1976. So, homeboy is... Uh, a year older than us. In Somerville. Oh, in Somerville, South not, Carolina. Not a fabulous area. Well, you know, the it's... Rate down there is insane. I lived there. Well, at the time when he was mm. growing up, man, they had the biggest high school in the state. It was... Uh, Did they? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, uh, but just for those of you who don't know where Somerville is, uh, it is right outside of Charleston. So a lot of... Um, Folks aren't actually from Charleston. They say they're from Charleston. And, and they're in Somerville. They're from Somerville. Yeah. I'm just going to say. And and I know you're not, you know, all of us are not from the South. Um, but, you know, that's a big no-no. You, you can say, say you're from Charleston. If but you say, I live in Charleston, you can rest assured that that person is from uh, uh, Charleston proper. Yeah. No. Mount Pleasant. Uh, North Charleston, which is a big no-no. Right. And Somerville. Yeah. So there's some, you know. I love Charleston. It's my favorite place in the world. But anyway, um, don't say you're from Charleston if you're not from Charleston. Anyway, so, but he didn't live too far from whence he came because he, you know, is, lived in Myrtle Beach, you know, but, later on. So I guess if we look at it from, from where Somerville is to um, Myrtle where, Beach? Yeah. Is yeah. That, I mean, oh, it's not that far. No. Yeah. No, far, no, 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 no. I mean, no. you're all on the coast there, buddy. Yeah. But uh, Sydney comes from a super, very nice, reputable family. He has an older brother who still lives around the Charleston area. In 1995, he graduated from a private school called Lord Berkeley Academy, whose mission statement says to promote academic excellence and foster spiritual growth through a college preparatory curriculum in a Christian environment. I wonder if they've changed that. Oh, I don't know, but he, uh, I don't know that the Christian aspect of the school had a lot of influence in his life, I'm just saying. Mm. But anyway, he later went to culinary school at Johnson and Wales, although oh, I can't, that's cool. yeah, it's a yeah. super, that's a great school. Yeah. Uh, but I can't find any evidence that he actually finished, mm. so, um, but from photographs of when he was younger into his late 30s, I can totally see why Heather Thought he was attractive. Okay, here's where I think we disagree. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Our tastes in men are completely that, different. No, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I can say that he looked like 
not a scrubby convict when he was in his 20s. No, but he's got that, you know, kind of bad boy vibe, but guy next door face, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. He wore his hair um, at the time. He when he was younger. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah. At the time, um, some of his photos show his hair a little bit longer. Um, He has a goatee. He's got blue eyes. Um, but, you know, if you look at his picture now, he looks like a fucking convict. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, <laughs> you know, spoiler alert, he is a convict, so go figure. Um, but aside from, you know, being a convict, um, I found that uh, in 2009, he was charged with shoplifting a DVD, actually. I don't, you know. One DVD. I got nothing. So here, so <laughs> somebody really wanted to watch fucking Shrek. So here's, I mean, I guess we, I mean, I'm not bashing our justice system at all, but like, come on. It was a DVD he really wanted to see. I would love to know what that DVD is. I mean, my question we, we is will like, never know. what was that DVD? I yeah, I'm. You've got mail. <laughs> Shrek. Was it a porn? I mean, if it was a porn, maybe I get it, but maybe. Wait, in two in two thousand and nine. Yeah. Oh man, I got. Nothing. I don't even know what came out in two thousand and nine. But the Helena Hunt movie, um... Jurassic Park. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? I don't even. Think, I, I I feel like I I quoted the wrong person, but I feel like Jurassic Park was. Yeah, I don't. Right? I, no, I feel like no. That you're no. That was like in the nineties. So he has a charge for shoplifting a DVD. For real. Okay. All right. So, all right. You know what? I mean, people make mistakes, Oh, absolutely. Right? Sure. God knows. So, what else is there? Is there anything else? Probably nothing. No. He, well, I guess. Crystal I, clean. Squeaky clean after this, right? No. He no. also has an assault um, charge in 2011 along with his father-in-law, which, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's also on his record. Hmm. So, you know... Uh, it probably makes the DVD sound like, you know, I mean, small about, potatoes. We're talking about assault. <laughs> Versus still in the DVD. But I mean, anyway. Look, I, I did not bring my DVD back to Blockbuster. I apologize. I, mean, I dealt that was. $13. <laughs> I don't know. How, how did that work, then? I got nothing. There's probably kids um, listening to this who are like, what the hell is Blockbuster? That's what our disclaimer is about. Okay, that's fair. All right. But anyway. So aside from his extracurricular illegal activities, Sidney was by trade a welder. And as I stated earlier, he owned his own mobile welding company, uh, which he established around 2002. And that was that Palmetto Palmetto Maintenance. So do we get the sense that he was good at his job? Oh, absolutely. I I, I feel certain. So, yeah, and I think that's kind of a a family thing. Uh, He's... He's got skills in that area. Um, but, you know, his mobile business, that's what actually led him to contract with the Tilted Kilt. So when we talk about a mobile business, we're literally like, hey, my services are for sale. Whatever yeah. you need me and I'm coming to you. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So he, uh, according to so a manager. I mean, like, smart. Right? Like, oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, no, money. he had a skill, he had yeah. a trade, and he was he was selling it. And man, just you know, like we're selling it. our voices. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, but think about it. To know what your trait is, I think about at my age, 43, I'm like, I don't I don't know what I've ever done that's so amazing that anybody wants anything to do. Project with, management. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> A little bit of a stickler of that. But I don't know that, anybody's going to buy that. Right. right. Agreed. But, like, that to me is amazing. Right. No, agreed. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was very good at it. Um, he had Palmetto maintenance, and he took it on the road. And according to a manager at the restaurant, uh, Tilted Kilt, Sydney was reliable, personable, came with really positive recommendations. Uh, he seemed on the outside to folks at the Tilted Kilt. Um, he was a decent, you know, human being. It wasn't until he got involved with Heather that at least the people at the Tilted Kilt started to probably form a little bit of, of a different opinion. I, I mean, it really wasn't a secret that Sydney was a married man to a woman since so, 1998. Okay, so Heather didn't care. I'm 20 years old. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. So, man... All right, I guess. I mean, she's twenty. Three year old Carrie's like, no, no. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, that goes back to a psychological, you know, understanding of who Heather is, and you know, and we do, we Sydney didn't know. Is. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of older men that prey upon younger women because they don't feel secure enough in themselves. To actually be with a woman their own age. Right. And, and you said prey. And I want to elaborate a little bit on that. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe prey isn't the right word. Maybe it is. But maybe Sydney got what he needed from Heather. Right. I think, you know, what, when you... Love, attention, right. affection, support. Exactly. Yeah. I mean... I, I, I don't know. Well, let's think about an affair. An affair, you are looking for something that your current relationship is not offering you. And that's, you know, that's typically... I mean, unless you know, you're a, a shitty person right. and you just cheat on somebody all just the time. Just for the hell of it, yeah. What am I not getting from this relationship? Absolutely. Right, right, right. Agreed. But, you know, and so he, he was married to this woman named Tammy uh, and was, you know, the father of three school-aged children. So there was something in that relationship, I think, he just wasn't getting. So school age meaning for anywhere from elementary, middle, to yeah. high school? Yep, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, All I right. think their oldest was 15. At the time. They had an 8-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 15-year-old. And so, yeah, they they were kind of spaced out. Um, they, you know, Tammy and Sydney had been married since 1998. And so, you know, it, it, it's been a long marriage yeah. thus far since... You know, 2013. So, I, you know, I maybe we don't know what goes on when, you know, behind closed doors. Right. So, you know, for Heather, Sydney being married just really wasn't a deterrent. So she literally, from what we can determine. Yeah. And your research has brought back to us is it did not matter to her that Sydney was married. Nope. Not at all. In, in fact, according to Brianna... Heather, in her 20-year-old mind, naively thought Sydney would leave his wife. Mm. So, I, I, you know. And but what wife's name is? Tammy. Yes. So, right. yeah, Heather didn't know, um, sadly, was that Tammy was a super narcissistic, jealous, insecure monster who ultimately would be the mastermind behind her disappearance. And And in addition to that, I mean, like think about like for me i never mess with another woman's man first right of all. 
Second of all, um, Sydney to me is like seems like a piece of shit. Debatable. I get it. Sure. Sure. But man, I try not to judge. You know, I, 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 I feel like we just don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, everybody's got, you know, secrets to hide, skeletons in their closet. You know, based off of my research, which we'll get into a little bit, I I can see why he might dip out. But at the same time, you know, if you're not happy, just get divorced. You know, there there is no crime in getting divorced. Right. So let's just see how it plays out, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I got, like, I mean, for me personally and for the folks that are listening... I know nothing about this case. I did no research on this Zilch. case. So, yeah, absolutely. So Chrissy called I me. I said I was going to look at like, it. Right? So but no. Chrissy messaged me months ago. She's like, hey, check this out. I was like, okay, sure. And I never did. So I'm literally yeah, listening that. to this for the first time. And yeah. and we'll see how things play out. But for me, it's like, man. So far, he... yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying he's definitely not yeah, an up so... and up, you know, stand up dude as... I think folks are seeing him in the restaurant industry and his right. with his contract. So cool guy who right. comes in. He's youngish. He owns yep. his own business. He, yep. you know, probably is kind of cool yep. uh, to all these younger tilted kilt chicks models. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait to see how. Right, I, I will stop interrupting you now. So we'll talk about his wife, Tammy Kaysen, uh, which is her main name. Was born in 1972, so she was. Oh, she's older than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, she was born um a little bit older or yeah, earlier than us, rather. Mm-hmm. And she older was than Sydney too. Yeah, four years older than Sydney. She grew up in Sockesty and graduated from Sockesty High School in 1990, where she was involved with Students Against Drunk Driving, the Art Club, and was a member of the newspaper staff. So, she, like. Right. She seems Students, decent. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're so in our teens. Let's yeah, move all right, on. All right. She was a huge rock music fan and was pictured with the lead singer of Warrant, Janie Lane. And for those of you young kids out there, Warrant was actually a 80s hair metal band. It's a great band. Yeah, don't if you guys believe. don't know, um, one of their uh, top hits was She's My Cherry Pie. So, if you guys don't know that song, look it up. I'm not singing it for you. Um, I was originally going to, Thank but, God. you know, I think <laughs> The look on like, my face, Chrissy's like... Yeah, please don't. <laughs> so, anyway. No, it's a great song. Google it. Let us know what you think about it. Right. Hair band should come back. Uh, fair. I, um, <laughs> clearly... <laughs> I'm a hair band fan. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, boomers digressing. Anyway, apparently Tammy, when she was in her teens and 20s, uh, she was a hair band groupie, which apparently was a huge thing back then. I, I mean, I know band groupies and, you know, that's all well and good, but, you know, I don't know how long that lasts. I don't, I mean, if you're a groupie, hells yeah, I got nothing for you. That's awesome. Um, carry on. I don't know that I ever knew any groupies. Ever. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I was... Never was allowed to go to any concert, so oh, I got nothing. I know. I feel like, you know, <laughs> we got another whole yeah. episode about whole your upbringing. <laughs> about, about what happened to me in my childhood. Anyway. JK mom, joking. Anyway, so according to uh, Tammy, um, when she was in her teens, um, 
again, she used to hang out with all these uh, bands, but a relative who talked to WMBF News, uh, which is a Myrtle Beach station, they said she was always bragging about being with them and stuff like that. So, with the groupies? Uh, yeah, the apparently she's a bit of a bragger and a big talker, which comes, you know, uh, it, it becomes a running theme a little bit later with her. So she was also uber deeply obsessed with Walt Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, all fucking things Disney. Don't get me started. In fact, she and Sydney spent their honeymoon on a cruise and a trip to Walt Disney World, which, you know, that's cool. I can't say anything. Um, you know, been there, done that. Um, but she later became a travel agent, calling her business Magical Vacations by Tammy, where she helped folks wanting to go to Disney find affordable lodging, discounts. They buy tickets through her, that kind of thing. Um, she also blogged about her so-called wonderful life and love for Disney on Disney message boards, which I don't know why you would do that, but it was Tammy. In 2008, she posted that she and Sydney both owned their own companies, made a shitload of money, and lived in a huge house that she designed. Okay, so she, let me just, I mean, I got. <laughs> Please interject. <laughs> I got questions here again. Go right ahead. Don't know about this. I haven't done no research. So she's posting, Tammy is posting that her and her husband own their own companies. Yep. They're making a ton of money. Yep. And they live in a huge house that Tammy designed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is the house we rode by. I was, so guys, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to yeah, swallow yeah, yeah. Like, but is this the, this is, is this the place. We, so guys, okay, if you go God. to our website, um, and I'll also put these on Instagram. The orange-looking house is the no, no. designs like, by Tammy. It's like pinkish, <laughs> orange it's, it's terrible. Sorry. And we have to say, like, everything was roped off. Like, you can't, like, private property, private property, private yeah. property. And cameras everywhere. So we took a couple of pictures. But yeah, this is, granted, I, I am... I can't I, neither talk one of us live, live in a mansion. Right. Anybody in their own. I don't care what you do. I lived right. in a trailer. You know, right. I get it at one time. Yep. What I'm saying is this is this is not um it, yeah, it's it's, described. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just letting you know. I mean, this kind of explains and shows you she just seems, who she is. Yeah. I mean, according to Tammy's rel relatives. She was very litigious person. Uh, she was, you know, always getting their money from lawsuits and settlements. Um, and they boastfully spent that money and funded their Don't yearly vacations to Disney, Disney World and Disneyland. So, I mean, I, I, I just don't see her and I getting along at all. So, I mean, I hope you guys are getting a sense of what a shit turd she really is. Oh, man, I, I like think a... she's definitely uh, a product of her environment. Um, so here's by what's her happening. Parents. Like, based on everything that you're sharing with yeah. us, like, we're literally mm -hmm. watching this train slowly wreck. Oh, yeah, we're at the station like, right hey, now. Like, like, we're <laughs> going like, to take off, <laughs> and we're going to watch this train wreck all the way through the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you've got no idea. But, uh, yeah, so her parents are Polly and William Kaysen. Um, and she posted on one of the Disney boards uh, that her parents were super liberal and quote unquote very liberal. 
uh, with her as a child and let her do whatever she wanted according to, you know, just her loudmouth posts, uh, which, you know, I got nothing. Um, that behavior was evident in her marriage to Sydney. Relatives and friends said that Sydney was always a happy-go-lucky guy, but you could tell by just being around them as a couple that she called the shots. Needless to say, Tammy's in-laws were less than enamored with her, and she uh, knew it, calling Sydney's mom the evil queen. In 2012, Tammy posted on the Dizboards, which was her platform of choice, that she and Sydney had cut her monstrous in-laws out of their lives. She was a woman who felt like she was and should always be in total control and needed to be seen and envied by everyone. So in October 2013, when she found out that Sydney was having an affair with Heather, she lost her shit. Mm -hmm. In an interview, Brianna said it blew up like a bomb almost. Tammy's wrath was severe and began harassing Heather by sending abrasive and nasty texts from her and Sydney's phone. It was also confirmed in court that she sent a picture of her and Sydney having sex. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? So I don't I don't think I that's mean, a... I've seen the pictures. I'm just saying. You've seen them? Well, not of them having sex. I just have seen pictures. Oh, of, of random people. Right. Of both of them. <laughs> is like, that something you want to have on if your you want to put them together, that is not something I would like to see. Okay. I, I just want to make sure that we were on the same page. I got a little confused. Yeah. Okay. So on November 1st, Tammy sends a text from her phone to Heather's. Quotes. Someone's about to get their ass beat down. Your bitch is about to take his last breath. You can tell me where you are right now, or I will find out another way. That way won't have a great turnout for you. I am having, or I'm giving you one last chance to answer before we meet in person. Only one. So that was Sydney's wife, Tammy, sending that. Correct. To Heather. Oh, my God. I just... Um, I'm yeah. upset. I, I, well, I mean, it's like you're a, what, almost 40-year-old woman. You're 40 years old sending this shit to a 20-year-old oh girl. And I don't even... You know, look, I don't care who you're sending it to. That, to me, is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like that's a little bit much. So, an, another text... On November 1st. Because she just kept egging on. And so she sends, Heather, I've been having Sydney follow since January 2012. It's best you call back and speak to me. Save yourself. Hey, you ready to meet the missus? Now Heather responds, I think you are a little obsessed with me. I'm nobody you need to worry about anymore. So, like, she's basically telling Tammy, like... Fuck off. Right? Well, not yeah. only that, but... We broke up. We're done. You don't have to worry about me anymore. I've backed off. Move on. If you want to get mad at me, that's fine. I totally get it. If you're, you know, you cheated on your husband. You're pissed off of at the, you know, mistress. I get it. But, I mean, the abrasive and harassing texts are a little bit much. Well, I feel like right now, Tammy's being 
like just a huge instigator. A oh, huge, oh, yeah, absolutely. Huge I agree. Instigator. I agree. So then on November 3rd, Tammy then texts her again and says, by the way, dad no longer owns a phone. To which Heather only replies a period. Because she doesn't give a shit. It's like, I'm done. I'm over. Move the freak on. Like, why are you texting me? Oh, Timmy's completely... Obsessed? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) She can't let go. Right, exactly. Exactly. So then again, from... Now, this is Sydney's phone. So she's got Sydney's phone. Okay, wait, so... Tammy has Sydney's phone. Exactly. Right. And text Heather. Heather, you wanted to speak to me earlier. You can call now. So Tammy's perpetrating. That she is her husband. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Right. Got right. It. Got it. Sydney's phone um, then says again, what do you want to talk about? So then Heather's phone replies, I think you're a little obsessed with me. Sydney's phone again. Nah, it was a bore. Sydney's phone again. If you want to speak to me, call me now. Otherwise, leave me alone forever. Like, that's <laughs> how many times right. did she get that? Anyway, so Heather too. replies, really? So that's why you're still child childishly, that was a hard word to say, yeah. texting me from your cheating husband's phone. Sydney's phone then says, call the number. It's me. Heather's phone then says, you call. Because it's yeah. like... Yeah, I, I I totally feel like Heather is not stupid. She she knows. I feel like she that has, wasn't yeah that yeah, wasn't like Sydney. Probably a few things, but clearly, right? She did not realize how crazy this bitch was. Oh, dude! <laughs> Let me tell I, you. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm gonna cut bitches. Cut punch this bitch. Oh, that that was just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He used the C word. Oh, my bad. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) So, Brie even described a phone call between Tammy, Sydney, and Heather where they ended things on the phone. And that was a quote from Brie. So that Tammy could verify that the relationship was really over. Heather told Brie that, quote, Sydney made comments saying, you were nothing to me. You were just someone who spread your legs, end quote. Sydney then proceeded to basically tear Heather apart as a human being and who she was as a person and make her feel horrible about herself. But it wasn't just Heather that Tammy took to punishing. Sydney also was getting a healthy dose of Tammy's wrath. She had taken his phone, only giving it to him when he needed to make work calls, which, I mean, I mean, so you don't have your phone. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I was going to say so seriously like uh, this woman took took her husband's phone mm-hmm. oh wait like, I'm, I'm having a hard time digesting that I just don't even understand how that happens I don't know well I mean it's like yeah why? I mean well you haven't heard the worst of it yet so oh, so right. okay so uh Sydney uh after you know she took his phone Mm-hmm. Sydney told detectives after being questioned about Heather's whereabouts that ever since Tammy found out about the affair, he said, uh, my wife goes to work with me. He also goes on to tell detectives that the trust issue is big, which, you know, I get. 
right? You, you've cheated on me. I don't trust you. I totally understand that. Right. But when I go to sleep, I'm handcuffed to the bed. Tammy's the only one with a key. So yes, macabre rolls and macabre babes, you heard correctly. Sydney said that was the arrangement for six months in an effort to repair the damaged relationship and hopefully have Heather trust him again. Okay, so at this point, mm -hmm. at this point, yeah, I'm literally watching some, you know, man. Yes. Who cheated on his wife. Sure. With a beautiful younger woman. Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. And to me right now, it sounds like, okay, I screwed up. I love my wife, right? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. guess what? She wants to handcuff me to the bed. <laughs> right. And she's going to take my phone. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I will, like, right. What kind of spine? Or, wait, uh, wait a second. Do, do you have a spine? No, not at all. I know, right? Who handcuffs somebody to the bed? And then on the... On the flip side of that, like, how sexy is that? Like, it's like not sexy. Like, like, Chrissy's married. I'm not. So I'm just going to say, hey, Chrissy, I met this man. He's so beautiful. I love him. Um, I'm going to handcuff him to the bed. And his wife handcuffed <laughs> him to the bed. Um, but he loves me so much. Well, I was getting ready to say, would you not be, like, hell? running for the hills? Chrissy would backhand me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's At terrible. that point, like, why would you veto. <laughs> Is terrible. Yeah, so clearly at this point in my mind, mm -hmm. Heather knew shit was not on the up and up. Right? It's well, like, I don't know that she knew he was being no, handcuffed to the bed. No, no. Because you know, she they broke up but and li but listen. Didn't talk again. Sure. But listen, she knew something, right? There was a there was a niggling feeling in her gut. Niggling? Niggling. It's Is a that word. a word? Google it. I know you don't know it because you're uneducated. <laughs> so clearly. <laughs> no, th it's a word. And I, I'm serious. I like, there's, like, I don't care what you say. Yeah. You trust your gut. And at this point. Oh, yeah. But she's 20. At, this, I, at 20, I had guts. I had feelings. Well, I think, you know. I guarantee you. Listen to me. Yes. Five seconds. I, I guarantee you she f had a feeling that. Probably something wasn't right, but she loved him more than that feeling. Do you, well, either that or she, you know, I feel like she just it, it wasn't experienced in relationships. Both. Fucking both. I mean, fair, but I just also feel like she was super naive and, and didn't were, see the dysfunction and, in any of it. In addition, and in addition to that, they were going to hurt her oh yeah absolutely but i mean she didn't know that at the time that's the whole point right so she didn't know that was that's the point like, yeah they don't want her to know right she's infatuated she's gonna do whatever sydney says yeah she's maybe mildly intimidated by, by the age tammy, oh by tammy yeah but she's physically hotter than her like there's these all these like oh what is she oh i know there's like a lot of dynamics yeah there's a whole so lot of dynamics much. yeah and then at the end of the day who lost Bust. oh yeah no absolutely but you know on, i got nothing i i i, I think oh, man i think that it, it's just a tragic situation it's 
terrible. But, you know, I, I, I find that Sydney obviously doesn't have a spine at this point. He's let his wife handcuff him to the bed. If Do that's actually the, the truth. Again? Right. And took his phone. And she's following him to work. I mean, at this point, you have lost your identity. But how long? Okay, wait. So this happened shortly after, you know, Tammy found out. Right. So which was months before Heather went to yeah exactly right. and so Heather thought this was sexy I'm gonna continue to no well she just didn't know uh uh-uh. uh they they had broken up in October oh so you know now I'm just you know you're you're listening to the side of what Sydney is having to go through Sydney is having to go through no. well I'm just saying he's dealing with that all right. I didn't mean it like that. No, no. To me, Sydney is a... Oh, he's he's shit. That's fair. He's a piece. Yeah. Well, on the night of December 13th, Heather was on the road to heartbreak recovery and went on her first date uh, since the breakup. Okay, so her and Sydney split up and she's like i am going she's to moving do on something. yeah she's moving on so absolutely her date's name was steven Chiraldi. Mm-hmm. he was a year or two older and knew of heather but they didn't really run in the same crowd they had started talking on instagram when steven commented on one of the pictures she had posted it was after several messages that he asked if he could take her to dinner so you know how sweet hey your photo's cute can i take you to dinner kind of thing so, Steven says that he picked Heather up at her apartment around 7.30, and they went to Bandito's Restaurant, which is a popular oceanfront Mexican joint in Myrtle Beach. And they had some food and talked, and I think they stayed around uh, till 9 o'clock when they started closing. During dinner, she had expressed interest in learning how to drive a manual transmission because that's what Steven drove. So, they went to the Inlet Square parking lot where he showed her how to drive his car. Heather's dad originally tried to teach her to drive a manual transmission without success. So she was pretty excited when she caught on after a couple of tries. She even had Steven snap a picture of her when she sent, which she sent to her dad, um, saying, just learn to drive a stick, I'm a pro. Which you can actually see the picture of her. Um, we'll post it on our uh, Facebook, Instagram, and, and website. But then uh, they went back to Stephen's house where he lived with his mother and younger brother in Merle's Inlet to watch a movie. Stephen then took Heather back to her apartment around 1.15 a.m. where she gave Stephen a quick tour of the apartment and then left, or he left, saying he had to work in the morning Uh, But they made plans to see each other again after he got off work. And that was the last time anyone actually saw Heather. So, oh, this is where it gets really interesting. Yeah. So, on the evening of December 19th, cops knock on Heather's parents' door asking if they're missing a car. Oh, my God. I know. I'm like, I already have, like, yes. You're like, anxiety. Yeah. So Heather's mom, Debbie, looks in the driveway and says, nope, all cars are in the driveway. But the police then tell them they find a green, they found a green Dodge 2001 Intrepid that's registered to them at the Peachtree boat landing. Terry, Heather's dad, confirms to the officer that Heather's 
you know, that's her car and grabs the spare set of keys and rides with the police to the boat landing. So he was like, look, um, my daughter doesn't live with me right now. Yep. Didn't think anything about it. But yeah, guess what? That's my daughter's car. Yeah. 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 Get the keys. I I just want to pause here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> for me and Chrissy always Chrissy and I are always doing like hey, toe bumps. I can I know, yeah. Like I literally have toe bumps. Like I don't want anybody to ever have to go through this, but imagine. Oh, I know. It's it's creepy and it's horrible. If if someone came to your house, a police officer came to your house and said, We found your son slash daughter's car at this boat ramp. My God. Oh, I know. The first thing that goes through my mind, because I think we've, we're, we're both, you know, oh, we're because right there. who we, we are, it's we like, know. who's we, dead? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I, I'm sure Terry's thinking the same thing. So Debbie, Heather's mom starts call, you know, calling Heather's cell. Um, but, you know, to her dismay, it just keeps going to voicemail. It, you know, nobody's answering. So... The Peachtree boat landing. I feel like we need to talk about that a little bit. We need to pause. Yeah, we Absolutely totally need, need to, to discuss this. So, yeah. have, or uh, I'm sorry, Carrie and I took a a, a little field uh, field trip earlier this week to the boat landing just to get our bearings and understand how that place plays into the actual case. And so it's it's a really small rural boat landing. It's about 15 minutes. From Myrtle Beach proper. It's on Peachtree Road and it actually dead ends into like really the Waccamaw River. And it's it's pictures, you guys. We posted pictures. We know you guys can Google pictures. Does not do this landing justice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. It's um it's I really have chill bumps, literally. Just yeah, it's a creepy it. little place. And it was creepy when we went there. Yeah, it was very quiet. Um, but no, yeah, like you said, it's not what I no picture. Current. Yeah. It's a, a very snaky and I don't I don't know about Chrissy, but I can talk for, for, for me personally. I mean, like I grew up fishing on rivers, fishing on lakes. Um I <laughs> this is it's very secluded. To some extent, um, but it's extremely excluded. Yeah, well, I mean, in my opinion, the pictures of the landing that you know I found on the internet, you know, don't help confirm a key piece of evidence in the story, you know, that we're going to come to later. Just because it's all the pictures kind of cut off right beside the boat landing and don't show like the other side, which is which the, is what we tried to show in our right, which is the whole trailer park. So that's that's a that's a key thing for me. Absolutely, I'm jump into that. So when when we pulled down into the boat landing, I was like, man, this is crazy. So we had a lot of rain prior to that. It was yeah. very um, a ton of rain. It was like monsoon. It was impregnated. I mean, it was just it was there was just a lot of water. Right. But we pulled in, and we pulled over to the right, and you can see in the pictures where we stopped. It was. You know, where Heather's car was, was parallel to the river. Um, however, on the left side of all of the pictures that we took on the boat landing, there was a trailer park. Yeah, which is so if, bizarre. Well, if there weren't 
10 or 15 fucking trailers there. Right. I don't (laughs) know what there was. The first thing that I feel like I said when I got out was like, nobody heard or saw Saw anything. anything? I know that's what's so weird. Right. This is the last place Heather was seen. I don't understand how no one saw shit. And, 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 And in my personal opinion, somebody saw some shit. Yeah. Well... You know, when Terry and the officer pull up to the landing, they see Heather's car, like you said, was facing the water, but it was at a really awkward angle, and it was taking up multiple parking spaces, so it was, like, parallel to the railing. So my guess is she pulled in, Yeah, she got out, and she sat at one of the benches, because there were benches. Yeah, there were benches. Yeah, you're correct. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, she... She, she got up, got out of the car, and locked the door. Like, she yeah. likely walked literally out of her car yep. two feet over to a bench. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, the lights weren't on. You know, when Terry, Terry gets to the boat landing, he jumps out of the, the p- patrol car and he and the police, you know, walk over. The officer actually hands Terry a pair of latex gloves just to be safe. Mm-hmm. And Terry uses, you know, his spare key to open the door. He pokes his head in. Can't imagine. And, yeah, he notices Heather's driver's license just laying on the console along with some other business cards and uh, other identification cards. But the keys, purse, and phone aren't anywhere to be found. So that can mean she was there earlier maybe, took her things with her. But if that were the case... Why isn't Heather answering the phone? Because her mom's calling repeatedly, and it's just so going to voicemail. phone and purse are in the car. Cell phone is gone. Right. Per- it, yeah. Everything's gone but her license, which I find super strange. And the car's locked. So she locked her car, took everything. Took the keys. So it sounds like, yeah, she's sitting there waiting at the landing for somebody. So there's no signs of a struggle outside of the car. And the interior of the car... You know, does not have any clues as to where Heather's whereabouts are. So the officer turns to Terry and says, quote, we need to open the trunk. End quote. At this point, if I'm Terry, I'm going to be shitting my pants. I mean, who the hell knows what they're going to find in there? Like, I literally want to poop on myself right now. Right? (laughs) Please don't. I mean, I feel like it's going to stink. I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's terrible. Right. Could you imagine? I agree. I have friends mm-hmm. women and i don't even this matters but they're they're female friends that have lost children right that's and so that, horrible that second mm-hmm. is i c- cannot even imagine so i could not imagine a police officer looking at me and saying yeah let's open the trunk let's open the trunk because i would and not knowing where your kids were at that time at that i agreed yeah be like oh, i'm done I'm, well I'm yeah so i mean terry doesn't want to be the one to open the trunk so he hands over the <sighs> keys to the officer <sighs> Right. Who promptly, you know, opens it up, but there's nothing in there but clutter. There's, you know, not. nothing that jumps up out at them to help determine where her, you know, where Heather might be until Bree actually gives them their first lead. And Bree is Heather's best, best friend. friend that she met at Tilted Kilt Tilted and Kilt. was, you know, they were rooming together. Right. That's right. All right. So, unfortunately, that's where our story starts to take that un- unforeseeable, you know, ominous term that we were all waiting for. Bree, who had been out of town for several days, got word that her best friend was missing. 
she actually calls Terry mm-hmm. while he's at um, the landing with police. So Bree calls Terry, who is Heather's father. Father, okay. right. right. While right. She, he is standing at the landing Literally. Is that kismic? The police. Like, well, I think, you know, if I'm, you know, thinking about this logically, Heather's mom's calling, calling, calling. Everybody. Yeah, You're so like, she's probably reached girl? out to Bree. And Bree's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, let me call Terry. So um, Heather um, apparently calls Bree at around... 1.40 a.m. the night before, crying and upset uh, after her date with Stephen and tells Bree that she doesn't know what to do because according to Bree, Heather said, quote, Sydney left his wife. He misses me and wants to see me, end quote. Bree relays to Terry that she told Heather not to do anything crazy or rash and to just really just sleep on it. And they'll, you know, talk about it in the morning. And I feel like, you know, if I call you crying, you're out of town. You're like, all right, bitch, just calm down. But, but you know me. And you know this right. face, right? Right, like, right. she already knows me. Yeah, just calm the hell down. And, you know, we'll talk about this. I'm going to be like, everybody's going to my house. <laughs> don't be a dumb bitch. Yeah, don't be stupid. Be a smart bitch. Right. Go get in my bed. Right. So Heather actually said she was going to just crawl into bed, get some sleep. God, now, mind man, you, I fucking wish she did, right? Like, oh, no doubt. Terry had no clue about who Cindy Moore was and just how deeply involved she was with him. Right. So, Terry, Heather's father, had absolutely no clue. Yeah, no. I mean, she, yeah. no, no. I don't think she was like, hey, dad, I'm seeing this married yeah, guy. <laughs> so, so it's awesome, but right? He's not. Yeah, no. I mean, right? it's definitely not something I'd be sharing with my parents. So, yeah. So it's about this time Terry gets off the phone with Bree that the officer suggests, you know, let's reach out to some of the local hospitals. Maybe Heather's hurt and, they, you know, she's checked herself into a hospital. So they find out that a Heather Elvis checked herself into a nearby hospital and then left a few hours later. That is great news. Right. But feeling, even though they had somewhat of a, a resolution and some sound proof, that Heather is actually okay, officers just tell Terry, go ahead and take the car home. You know, don't leave it at the landing. You know, we think Heather was at the hospital. Go ahead and take the car home. So, wait a minute. So, so the cops say, here are some gloves. Yeah. Earlier. Yes. Let's pop the trunk. Mm-hmm. Nothing's there. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, shovel around. Yep. And, I don't know, a few hours, but few whatever later. Well, yeah, a little bit later. Take the car home? Well, yes, but, I mean, they had called hospitals. And, you know, Heather Elvis checked herself into a hospital and then checked herself out. So, so this is like a, a, a series of unfortunate events. Well, unfortunately, yes, because as, Ter- as Terry's driving home, he's like, you know, I just, something's not sitting right with him. So when he goes home... He and Debbie start calling family members. What they discover is that Heather Elvis actually checked herself in, but it's not their Heather Elvis. It is a family member with the same name. So, okay. So there's another Heather Elvis in the family. Because I can tell you there's not another me in my family. Just saying. Hashtag love all of you, but it's not happening. Right. So there's like a roller coaster here. You've got panic to relief to panic again and then 
Now we're back at the drawing board. What would you do? I would be losing my shit. Uh, all right. Can we just can we just do? I don't know that anybody can feel. As a mother, like, yes. As a mother, I would say, look, this asshole. Yes. Has the exact same name that my daughter does or my son does. Right. Yes. I would be disclosing that at the very beginning because I'm paranoid well, I think they like knew that. that. But it wasn't like no, they didn't. Wait, all right. I'm asking you. Did they know that? Well, they they called around. They called family members, and the family was but like, "Oh, but she hey, checked in the hospital." Well, yes, but they're calling family members because I think in the back of their head they're like, "Wait, there is another Heather Elvis. Let's just make sure." Oh my god! So I lose my mind. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like an up and down, up and down roller coaster situation, and it's and I mean losing I, your yeah. I, I'm losing it, and you know, I know, and probably it's, for all of you folks listening, yeah. Do not let your cousins and aunts and uncles name a child. Right. I feel like that's a, that, I mean. It's ridiculous. I know. I don't know that I'd be like, um, yeah, sure. Take my I'm from the Southeast. I I think that's a Southern thing, maybe. (laughs) Don't do that. I I don't, I mean, I'm from the Southeast. I don't have anybody that I know. With the same name. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I mean, same here. But, you know, I don't know how big their family is. I don't, you know, who knows. But anyway. So the Elvises remember that Heather is actually on their cell phone plan. So they have a, a, a family cell pl- phone right, so plan. So mom and dad are like, hey. yep, we're going to log into Carrier's website. Let's pull up Heather's, you know, logs, he- uh, phone logs. So they see the call from Bree at 1.40 a.m. on the morning of the 18th. But they also see another number that doesn't look familiar at all. So being smart. Terry decides to ask Dr. Google, you know, who the hell is this number that is calling my daughter's phone? What they find is that the unknown phone is registered to none other than ex-boyfriend Sydney Moore. So without even hesitating, Terry picks up the phone and calls Sydney. He's like, I don't give two fucks how late it is. I'm going to find my daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I do the same thing. I don't, I mean, I don't care what time of day. I don't care if it's Christmas morning at 3 a.m. And I can't find my daughter. I'm driving a tractor over there. Right. (laughs) Right. We're going to have a conversation. Right. And I, and you know, look at my face. I I hope. I totally believe you. I hope. If everyone saw your face, they'd be like, oh, that bitch is, yeah. I hope they have an issue. For seriousness. (laughs) So Sydney answers. And before Terry can even get out that Heather is missing, Sydney starts cussing him out. According to, according to Terry, Sydney is screaming in his ear, don't call me, I don't know who Heather is, fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything. I don't know about you guys, but if someone called me to ask me if I've seen their missing daughter, I, I don't, I, I feel like I'd be trying to help. In addition to that, but if I was Terry, Heather's yeah. father, yeah, and that should happen, understanding because we did this, we know it's a two point five mile drive from that landing to. Well, you probably house. didn't know that at that time, dude. We would have figured that shit out, right? <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, you're jumping way ahead because Terry doesn't know who Sydney is, and he's just like this. You know, he's calling this strange man's phone man this bothers me so much because i feel like you and i no offense offense 
we're so much smarter than anybody in the story. Well, I don't know. People, oh, we are. Well, Can I you mean, imagine us not being at the doorstep of these. Of well, this guy? a lot of people aren't, you know, super engaged in true crime either. So they're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I not. feel like we're we uber on trying. edge all the time. Yeah, and we are. Yeah. And, and absolutely so, we are. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're uber paranoid. Okay, fair point. I will give you a story just to kind of let you know how neurotic I am. Well, yeah, we uh, please share. Yeah. So I have twins that um, are 25 this year, right? Are they that old? I feel like it was only... They were 21 not too long ago. I know, they're... God, I'm getting old, but go ahead. So when they were um, 14... No, no, they had to be at least 15 because they drove. Yeah. And um, one of my sons worked at a subway station Mm -hmm. right around the corner. Right. Well, then we moved out here. It was like 16 whatever miles, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So (laughs) Charles got mad... Chandler got mad at me one day. Yeah. um, And... He, we always had a really good relationship in terms of like, hey, if I had to work late or do whatever, I'm going to message you and you'll know. Mm-hmm. And I always stayed up late. Yeah. So I waited up late that one night. <laughs> Channy was mad at me. Yeah. So um, I called Chandler. Mm-hmm. I think the store closed at like 10 o'clock. Seven thirty. It's twelve thirty. It's one o'clock. Chandler's not home. I had already like I am googling everything. Um, <laughs> Rex on the side of the road. I've already googled the morgues. I'm, the I'm mor- doing everything. I'm in Charles's room. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with Chandler. He doesn't message because it always he always oh, messages sure. me. Yeah. Charles is like, mom, everything's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. Something is wrong. It's terrible. Whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> And and we're out here now where we are, which right, is there's yeah. it's, it's you know there's a lot of deer like he did oh deer yeah yeah whatever yeah I'm losing my mind, so Charles is just super cool about it. I'm like no no something's terribly terribly because you had went to the worst case Dude, scenario worst case scenario yeah but my point is for me yeah I was gone. Yeah. I had already... Yeah, it took you zero to five seconds. <laughs> oh, dude. I was I was gone. It was right. my, my other son, Chandler's twin, that was like, everything's fine. I was like, everything is not fine. So what ended up happening for the folks who... For the folks that want or to Or on know, the edge of their seats. On the edge of their seats. So <laughs> I was a mess. Sure. You know, and in the spirit of transparency, I was a fucking mess. So Chandler walks in. I'm in my room. I'm literally about to call 911. <laughs> And Chandler walks in. He was like, "Hey, I'm like," and I I lost it. Like I'm, I'm sobbing like right. a bitch. And I hug him and I grab him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I thought you were dead. And he, here's the kicker, you guys, for all of you new parents. This asshole said, "Yeah, he was mad at me." I'm not gonna let you know where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and okay, that that is shitty, right? Right. But he didn't. But he he was like, I didn't know how much this was going Gonna to bother upset you. you. Right. And I was I was a blubbering idiot. Like I had sure. lost all control. Well, did you done. beat him after that? No. <laughs> I so I'm funny. not it's so funny. promoting no, no. beating your no, kids. So funny, oh, please knows, don't take that the wrong no, way. Because Chrissy knows I do beat my kids. <laughs> I did. <laughs> At that point, no, no, I didn't because I thought he was dead. So <laughs> that's weird. So you were all happy. I was, I was excited that he was home and that he sure. was safe. But the, the thing for me was like, what triggered me? Yeah. 
was, all right, he fucked up, right? He did some deliberate, he deliberately. Oh, yeah, but as a kid, you don't realize how bad that's going to terrify your parents. Well, at that point, what I'm saying is, if I'm Terry, if I'm me, if I'm you, Mm -hmm. if Mike gets four, if they're 14, if they're 20, 20, if they're 30, I'm going to have the same reaction. Oh, sure. I agree. And and I feel like, for me, Terry and his parents, or Terry and his wife were not like, well, she's 20. She's not living at home. Oh, dude, whatever. Charles and Chandler don't live at home either. I know. Are you kidding me? I know. You already know me. I understand, but they also, like, limit their information to you because you are... Who you are. They don't call the time. <laughs> I love you. I had to go to their house, though. So, well, I think Terry at this point is, I mean, he's doing what he can to find his daughter. So do and, you think that he legit was like, I am, am concerned, but oh, I'm yeah. not going to get super wound up about well, it. Well, yeah, I think Whereas maybe they were you just, and I would be like, well, jumping off a cliff. I, You know, I don't know, because... in. In my opinion, I feel like he's doing what he can. I think he's nervous. I think Debbie's nervous. They're calling. They're not getting an answer. Oh, he's being a dude. Well, no, but he's not getting an answer from his daughter. So he's like, I'm checking phone records. I, you know, I've taken the car home. Maybe I found out, you know, she wasn't at the hospital. So I'm going to call this number that I don't know anything about. Her best friend's already said, you know, she was having an affair with a married man. So and I'm calling. Hard I'm calling a parent to hear, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially but probably a father. I don't. Oh, definitely. But at this point, I think he's like, I'm calling. And so Sydney didn't do himself any favors because he's already screaming at this poor man, saying, "I don't know who the fuck Heather is." Well, to me, you've just proven that you're guilty. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the Elvis family just wasn't getting anywhere. So they started reaching out to the community into neighboring states and and they make a plea to the public to help them search. They put up flyers all over Myrtle Beach. They set up a Facebook account, which is actually still there today. And I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes just so you guys can take a look if you want. Um, but they were putting all this information out there to help get the word out about her disappearance. Well, and then, I mean, if you're born and raised in that area, you have to know, like, it's such a touristy town. You're not going to get anything. Well, like, yeah, as right. a parent, yeah. I would hope I would, but people are down there and they're shit-faced for a couple days and they leave and they right. don't remember anything. Well, you have to understand, too, they're kind of outside of Myrtle Beach proper, so yeah. they do have a little bit more of a small-town feel. Um, it's a little bit of a small-town Yeah, a little bit. So, But police decide they want to go back and talk to Stephen, which, remember, he's the date. Um, because to their knowledge, he's the last person to see Heather alive. So Stephen goes down to the station, recounts the night, provides his alibi, which if you remember is, you know, going back to his mom's house after dropping Heather off. Turns out everything checks out and he even passes a lie detector test. So he's good to go. Mm -hmm. So with no other leads, the police decide they need to go back to Bree and ask some follow-up questions about Heather's relationship with Sydney and to which Bree knowing that this could be the key to why she's missing, spills her guts. So Brie 
the best friend. Yeah, tells them everything. I'm sorry, you guys. This, this is for me because there's just a lot of people. Yeah, I'm it. sorry. Yeah. There are a lot of, yeah. of I mean, characters are, involved, and like, I hope you guys so are keeping so up. And this is so <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so, yeah, Brie goes back and tells the police everything, including what a bitch Tammy is. So, detectives reach out to Sydney, ask him, where is he the night of December the 18th? And Sydney says he was at home all night, handcuffed to the bed because, you know. Because Tammy's a Because Tammy handcuffed me to the bed. But, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, Heather did call. She did call. Didn't talk to her, but she did call. Meanwhile, during the first few weeks in January, the public is still searching for Heather with volunteers walking through the woods and around the landing, just, you know, searching for Heather. One woman, Jennifer Garrett, filed an assault report against William Kaysen, which is Tammy's dad, while she was helping to search for Heather close to the Kaysen Moore compound, which I, you know, that's... The compound. Yeah, because they all live right there together. It's just so... It's kind of creepy. It is. Uh, yeah. it, anyway, it's at the end of Highway uh, 814, and mm -hmm. it's it's very close to the landing, guys. It's, it's like Dude, it two and us, a half minutes. It took us... It took us about five minutes to get there because we were not familiar. Well, sure, and but we were I going drove slow. very slowly. Right. But, I mean, if you had to, like, if something happened, right, and you had to get from the landing to the quote-unquote compound, right. you could get there in, pro yeah, exactly. Two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was super close. So just keep that in mind. But anyway, so her dad comes out. He's got a stick raised up you know high above his head and was super close to her and apparently he said i'm going to i don't care if you're a woman i'm going to bash your blanking head in which i feel like the woman was quoting blanking i feel like he probably said fucking head in and so this is tammy's dad yelling at this poor woman while she's trying to search for heather close to their property which kind of gives me the willies. Oh, because he knows that she's going to find some shit. Right. So, Tammy... Could you imagine your dad acting that way? Oh, no. And I cannot <laughs> imagine my dad acting I feel that like way. my dad's probably cringing listening to this. Likely. So... My dad, too, is like, oh, my God. That's not my no, daughter. I, I feel like I can safely say both of us, right. both of our fathers would not act this way. Absolutely not. Because yeah. if it was either one of us, they would come together and I, I would never say this but kumbaya let's find our daughter oh absolutely <laughs> right yeah no absolutely so tammy and her extended family felt they were being harassed at this point just by the public and, and i'm guessing because people are looking for heather because they're guilty agreed so people um continue looking police were really smart though and they decided to use tammy complaining and, and filing harassment, you know, uh, complaints to their advantage. So they bring her down to discuss, you know, discuss the quote-unquote harassment, you know, they're having to endure. And then so, it, so Tammy and Sydney and mm -hmm. all of their families at the compound, quote-unquote compound, they're yeah. having to deal with all this whatever. Harassment. They're clearly being harassed by people trying to find their loved one. Right. Let me break out my violin. Right. You hear yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. So so they say, hey, mm -hmm. 
county is like, come down here, talk to us about it. Let's, exactly. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, let's let's bring you in. But maybe they're using it to their advantage. Right, correct. Okay, I'm with you now. I'm with you. Yeah, so in an interview conducted on January the 14th, 2014, detectives asked Tammy about the rumor affair and proposed it as a motive for kidnapping. So they're kind of like, all right, well, you know, um, sounds to me... Like, you know, your husband's having an affair, maybe, which we could totally understand. You know, maybe you felt like nabbing her. Mm-hmm. Well, she's trying to be sympathetic, right? So the detective actually says, quote, you're getting hung up on a lot of stuff yourself when you're the one who's been cheated on. So I don't, you know, end quote, didn't mean to carry that on but there was an end quote there at the end but the detective is trying to make tammy feel like trapper yeah like oh hey let me pat you on the back a little bit well tammy is not falling into the trap and boldly just says but you guys don't understand i had boyfriends we had an open marriage that's okay i could care less if he had sex with a hundred people i mean that doesn't really bother me Hmm. So now, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I gotta stop and think about that. So if if you didn't care, why are you harassing Heather? It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, I can tell you why. Because she's full of shit and she's extremely narcissistic. Oh, absolutely. I I've no doubt she's damaged. I I have never. I'm like the more I read. Hey, guess what? The, I know someone like that. Oh. You do. I do. I think I do as well. Yeah. Is it the same person? I possibly. <laughs> so, in one of the most infamous social media posts, where Tammy is bashing both Sydney and Heather, in grand Tammy style, is in a private Facebook message wait to a, a minute, friend. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said Facebook. Yeah. So I. Yeah. Gotta play devil's advocate because yeah. I want all of our listeners to know that when you put it on the internet, it is always on the internet. Oh, it's not going anywhere. Just fucking. I'm gonna say this now, and I this is from my. I don't know. Yeah, Rob. I don't know who needs to know this. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I love him. Like if he's Dearly. listening, I love you more than anything. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dumb bitch. Be a smart bitch. Do not post anything on the internet. I don't care how many times you delete it. It is always there. Somebody's going to snapshot it. But go ahead. Just please, by all means. All right. So share with us that we can still pull off the internet that, you know, yeah, 10 years, years ago, later, right? right? Of course. So she sends this message to her friend. Oh, man. I'm looking at it right now. And that a couple, yeah, and a couple weeks after, oh, and this is actually so right after Heather disappears. Oh, my God. And it reads, well, Sydney cheated on me in the months of September, October with a psycho whore who has since went missing. And now her crazy daddy is threatening to kill my children and Sydney, therefore making Sydney stupid. In parentheses, I can't. this girl grabbed his business card out of the office at her workplace and had fantasies about him as far back as March but talked about it in July, naming him. I don't know of any other word to describe my quote-unquote husband at this point. All you have to do is research this girl's Twitter, 
parentheses, although four months of it has gone missing in the past couple of weeks, in parentheses, and her Tumblr to see what a twisted person she truly is. I could care less seeing I, seeing I had a boyfriend of my own for the past couple of years. Do you mean husband? But when someone brings my children into the scenario, it's a whole other story. I will not tolerate anyone hurting my children oh my because my husband banged a hoe three times in the backseat of her car and nothing more. I could care less what he screwed around with. But the fact that this jerk is stalking my family is unacceptable. So I just want to say again, um, listener discretion is a <laughs> She is a flipping Some idiot. content <laughs> may be unsuitable for young children and for adults as well. Oh, you want to oh repeat God, that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, right now. Like, uh, hashtag JK. After I mean, we said fuck 80 that times. That is crazy. Like, she's... She is damaged. There's nothing. I don't even. Oh, man. I got nothing. I cannot believe that this woman. I, it, well, to me, it's backpedaling. It's absolutely. I'm trying to make up Super for guilty. all the mistakes that my husband has made. And no, maybe no, no. that I made no, no. as well. No, no. I, I feel like that's not right. What, what I feel like, I feel like it's not. I'm not trying it. to make up for mistakes. Oh, absolutely. I'm Across trying the board. to cover. Yeah. Some shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's the mistakes, and I'm covering for it. Absolutely. And you know what? I would never say, hey. Like, I would never say, hey, Chrissy, I killed this chick. (laughs) I would just be like, hey, how can I use you to make me sound better? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's what she's doing. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that's that's a very good point. I absolutely agree. All right, we got to. Oh, my God. I'm going to get quiet. All right, all right, I'm going to move on. So detectives are still working to find clues as to Heather's disappearance. They go back through Heather's phone records. They see the call to Sydney, but they also see an unfamiliar number that's never been called before that night or has, you know, called her for that matter. This particular call that they find lasts for almost five minutes. What detectives find out is that this strange number doesn't belong to anyone. Get this. It belongs to a fucking payphone. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to stop here and talk to <laughs> all of our younger listeners, listeners <laughs> who have no fucking clue as to what a fucking payphone I is. I feel certain they know what a payphone is. Oh, I, you know what? This is, I, <laughs> okay, challenge accepted. I would like for all of our listeners that have no idea what a fucking payphone is to message us. And say, hashtag, got no clue what a payphone is. <laughs> because, I mean, I I just, I need to know. I used to live by a payphone. I mean, not live by one, but I no. mean, you know, it'd be like, hey, no. we're going to go out. So and my I'm dad would give me a quarter. quarter and be like, hey, you got your driver's license? I will call you at you a payphone. you got a quarter. <laughs> you got a quarter. If you need me, call me. Well, you know that, what was this Travis Tritt song? Here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. So, right. Call someone who cares. Yeah. That, 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 clearly that song has lost context in today's world. But, but I'm not joking, seriously. Okay, I need, well, if I you need don't you know guys, what a payphone no, is, no, yeah, I think please, it's going to be funny. Us. Yeah, message us. We would like so, to know because I feel like we're just torn. On this well, and just so you, you know, for those of you who may not, which I feel are far and few between. It's a phone. But you cannot leave a message. It's not yeah. like it's got voicemail. Fair. You so. can't, you can't. So essentially it's a phone. 
in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you put a dime or a quarter in and you, you dial a number. Cents. If you happen to fucking remember that number. <laughs> right. Right. And you don't. That's what I'm saying. These guys have no clue. So you put that number in and, it calls. and you call. <laughs> and you can call Thank you, them. Thomas Edison. Yeah. Yeah. If they answer or they don't answer, right? If they don't answer and it goes into voicemail, you can leave a voicemail. Right. But on the flip side of that, if they say, hey, this weird number called me, yeah. I'm going to call this number back. You're not leaving a fucking voicemail. Yeah. No. You're calling nothing. Well, and just to correct myself, I think I said Thomas Edison, but I really think it's Alexander Graham Bell. I did really bad in history, guys. Just saying. <laughs> Thomas Edison was a light bulb. So the whole time you're talking about what the payphone does, I'm like, shit, I said Thomas Edison. Here's the thing. I don't really feel like we actually know what happened in history at all at this point because we're here. changing literally yeah, we're just every day. So anyway, let's let's get back. So anyway, the phone number belongs to a, a payphone. And what's even more puzzling are Heather's call logs, which show her calling that same payphone nine times but not having any other conversation. So she's calling, hanging up, calling and okay. hanging up, yeah. calling and hanging up nine times. So the police were able to pinpoint the payphone's location to a kangaroo gas station on Seaboard Street and Mr. Joe White Avenue, which is a creepy, weird street name, but yeah. anyway. they I feel dro- like everything we saw down there was kind of Kind of strange. Yeah. So the police drive over to scope things out and see that a surveillance camera is pointed right at the payphone. So cha-ching, you know, big break, you yeah. know. I mean, I, I personally, I didn't know that payphones still existed in 2013. Um, I know they're not on every corner anymore. I mean, Dude. there used to be one right up the street and <laughs> it's no longer there. It's like, you know, somebody came and ripped that shit out of the ground and they were like, we're taking this away. Everybody's got to... A pay f- or a cell phone. So, well, so that's the thing. In 2013, maybe every now and then, but I mean, right now, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the first payphone is, and and really, it, at this point, I mean, maybe in 2013, like you said, every few miles, but you know, I feel like it's still. It's yeah. It was very far and few between. I mean, it was non-existent almost. You know, like like where my parents are in Gilbert. Maybe there's a payphone at a gas station that nobody ever goes to right Right, it's the creepy gas station 2013 <laughs> right maybe right but i i think if but you're now, calling no i don't think so from if you're calling from a, a payphone you're shady in the first place i mean unless your cell phone if you're returning a call to a payphone though oh that's i mean i'm just saying if i'm calling you from a payphone oh yeah i would think but do you think she I mean, knew? that's just so weird. Do you think she knew? Well, no, I think she just answered the phone. Okay. She was like, hey. So she answered the phone. Maybe she was. She was. Intrigued. Intrigued, yeah. So police review the footage and see someone walk up to the payphone and see this person place the call to Heather. I, you know, and I've seen the video and it is pretty grainy and I can post it out there for you guys to see if you want to check it out for yourself. But um, I, I can tell you it's not the clearest of videos, but you can see a person in like a dark top, lighter pants. They walk up to the payphone and they appear to stay there for about four minutes and then they, you know, they walk away. To their car. Yeah. Detectives are starting to wonder if maybe this might be Sydney. So they decide to bring him in and apply some pressure. 
During the interview, Sydney totally denies that he called Heather asking them, do payphones still exist? So kind of the same what? thing like that, that whole conversation we, we, just, we had? just had, right? <laughs> so he talks in circles. Hey, I guarantee you, I, I checked him out. He oh, probably knows. I know. I feel like he probably made a list yeah. of them. You know, he had a, exactly. a little, you know, spiral notebook. Yeah. Payphone what? <laughs> when he talks in some circles, he completely denies it that he calls Heather at all, period. Of course, this later is going to come back to bite him in the ass big time. Wait. Yeah, you guys all, yeah. That's going to be in episode two, just so you know. But um, once the detectives show their hand and tell them um, or tell him about the surveillance video, he finally fesses up and admits that he did call her. But according to him, it was to tell her to leave him alone and that Tammy actually knew he called. So, I'm sorry. I'm going to, again, 2013, everybody's got a cell phone. I don't know your number, but I memorized it for whatever reason. I'm going to run to a payphone. I'm going to go to a payphone in the middle of, you know, Myrtle Beach somewhere. And I'm going to call. And I'm going to be like, hey, bitch, leave me alone. I'm going to call Shane. That's bullshit. (laughs) Right. So. Worst. Excuse ever. Yeah. I feel like that ranks up right there with uh, dog ate my homework. Or, but officer, I swear these aren't my pants. I need, (laughs) and here's the problem that we're going to have. It's like, right now, I need her to get to the end of this. I know. She's not going to. She's going to. We're very close. We're very close for this episode. This is terrible. Oh, I know. It's awful. So, in addition to the payphone, the police discovered that Sydney went to Walmart right before he went to that payphone. Shocker. According to surveillance <laughs> video sorry. from the Seaboard Street Walmart, Sydney is seen pulling his truck into a handicapped space. Which, I mean, I just didn't say he, I want to butt okay, in. Wait, was, was he was he You're handicapped? not fucking handicapped, right? <laughs> and he's entering the store at about 1.12 a.m. Which, you know, at face value, that doesn't seem so weird. But yeah, it's it what? Weird. If you go to Walmart at one. Whatever. I mean, I how many people do that? I mean, it's I, I don't 24 know. hours. I feel like it is 24 hours. Who maybe, cares? All right, maybe you need diapers or maybe you need formula. Agreed, agreed. Outside of that, milk? Yeah, no, there's problems. There's issues. Well, yeah. it's no. what he buys, to oh, your point. Okay, right. Oh, thank you. That has police raising their eyebrows. I cannot wait. Let's see, what is it? What's he buying? He purchases two items mm-hmm. a cigar, oh, which I think is like one of those cigarello things. Is it going to like wrap? Weed in? Or I don't know. I mean, it's a cigar. I mean, you kind of acted like what that was about. So, so I'm assuming. And he buys a pregnancy test. And so. Okay, stop. So I'm Tammy like, is four years mid- older than he is. Four years old. Yes. Than he is. And he's one years older. Oh. So he, she's probably like in her early 40s. So, I mean, I feel like that's still Clearly, child. No, no, absolutely. Childbearing yeah, I, age. Wait, it, no, don't say it. I feel like it is absolutely. Uh, right. Right? Like, you and I could both. I could pop have, out a kid if I if I had the equipment. Clearly. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, we could. <laughs> right. We choose not to. <laughs> yeah, no. The whole point is, I'm a 37-year-old man. Yeah. Who's married to an older woman. Sure. Who's quote unquote in love mm-hmm. with a twenty year old? A twenty year old, yeah, yeah. Who's beautiful? Yes. And I'm probably fucking the shit out of her all the time. Yeah, you're probably 
doing the dirty all the time. So guess what? Agreed. Now we're concerned that she's pregnant. Well, that's where my head goes, right? So it's... Oh, my God. Because my this question... is the same night? Yes. So... Oh, my God. All right. Let, keep going. I'm going to shut up. So what we're going to find out, that is back in late November, Heather starts putting on a bit of weight. So if you compare the pictures oh, of her yeah. on her social media pages to the one in October... That Steven took. So the one that, you know, her date took of her driving the car. You well, can tell that she's put on a few pounds. All right. I mean, I, I got to I gotta do devil's advocate here. I mean, COVID. I put on several pounds. And I don't want anybody taking a side picture of me. <laughs> I don't want a side picture. And I'm, I'm pretty thin. Yeah. And I definitely do. I fucking hate her. Uh, feel free for all of us to hate her. Just hashtag, we're on your side, Carrie. We hate Chrissy. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a mutant. Sorry. No, all I'm saying is, is like, I'm just, like I said. But my point, yes, I would not want anybody taking that Would you have gained, you didn't gain any pounds in your first three months. I guarantee you did. Oh, yeah, no, no. When I was pregnant with all three of my children, I, yeah. She's fucking beautiful, and I'm sure she was a star, and she glowed, and all that. Oh, shut up. I was not, but yeah, I I was pregnant one time, and I had twins, and I was a fat blob. So, all I'm saying (laughs) is... You know, like you, you just you you don't. Well, you know. don't know, and so yeah, absolutely, we don't. So I'm so I'm, don't I'm, don't base this on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm all I'm all I'm saying are and and really, guys, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that Heather was um, bigger or anything. A lot of this is information is coming off the internet, and uh, they're comparing to pictures. Off, it's enough to piss off a wife. Oh, absolutely, but I mean, if enough? you to well yeah so if you're looking at her heather's pictures though yeah. and you're comparing the one in october to the ones that are on her social media page her arms are a little bit meatier her face, face is, is yes very yeah. full and she's still beautiful she is absolutely beautiful but, but you can absolutely tell there's a there's a difference yeah. if, you, if you if you honestly if you look at it and you're like oh this is just a couple of months yeah, that's the kicker. So according to Jessica Kick, um, again, Heather's supervisor at the Tilted Kilt, Heather needed to go up about two sizes in her bra. So she started out as an A cup and then went to a C. Did they say how long it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was in November. Well, it was October. Oh, was she died in December? Yeah, so bef- yes. Oh, wow. So it was very, very close. Quick. Um, so it was very quick. She had to also go up one size in her kilt. So both of those items were provided by the tilted kilt. Um, so Jessica had kind of firsthand knowledge um, when Heather had come to ask her, hey, I got I to gotta trade in my bra for a B cup. And originally she didn't think anything of it. She was like, well, you know, oh, maybe so I just awesome. put on a couple of pounds. Right, right. So, I would love to have a B cup. Right? <laughs> but then when she jumped up to a C cup, she became really worried. Two sizes, right? Yes. So her boss did. Yeah. It, well, her aunt, yeah. They both became a little bit worried. And so Heather went out and bought a pregnancy test. She brings in the pregnancy test into the uh, tilted kilt mm. and takes it in the bathroom. Um, and she shows Jessica the results. And it says error. All right. So. I, I feel like. God and that's a digital. Her. Yeah, that's a digital like test. Heather's just like. It, yeah, poor thing. It's like she can't win. For, yeah, she just can't win. So 
she um, either didn't pee on the stick enough. Or it was a defective. It was de- yeah, it was defective. And, you know, the digital test to me, I didn't really like them because I like to sit and stare at the at the line and I wanted to go, okay, it's coming. It's coming. It's so, coming. It's so funny. Chrissy asked me like <laughs> last week before she's like, what did you do? I was like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I had kids like you had literally one. One 25 years yeah. ago. My, my kids are going to be, I got twins, right? So they'll be 25 this year. Yeah. This year. So many, many years ago, she's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, no, no, no. I had literally one pregnancy, actually one, one more right. after that. But it was like, you know, it was like, I, I, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, about all these other things. She's like, whatever. I hate you, Carrie. I want, well, I mean, I just, you know, I think it's, it's the, is the line coming? Is it coming? I mean, I don't so know that was how. like double or one? Yeah. So it's okay, like, yeah. So that one I did. Yeah. So it's like I don't double. Remember. Yeah. It was yeah. two is something and one yeah. is something else. Yeah, so I think with Catherine, I ended up taking a digital test, which... What, what the fuck it is did a digital say, test? Well, it's... You're still pissing on it, right? You're pissing on the stick, but it, it literally pops up and says pregnant or not pregnant. Okay, so what's the difference? Because two lines means pregnant. And well, I know, but it takes the guesswork away. And I liked the... You know, I'm going to analyze oh, and look dude. at under the light 18 times Thank to God see if I can see Thank God you can't look at my it. face because to me, this is fucking retarded. You want to talk about neurotic? Are you, are you wasting money on the digital? Wait, look at my face. Digital? Yeah. Pregnancy test? Well, I mean, again, it means nothing. Look, it's a, it's, it's. Tab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. anyway, so. Look, I, I I mean, as far as everything that we know so far, I, I'm just saying it's not looking good for Sydney. It seems way too coincidental that Heather is gaining weight. Sydney's out buying pregnancy tests in the middle of the night, for that matter, and then calling Heather from a damn payphone. So at this point, we have a ton of... Of circumstantial evidence, and it's and piling up. Sydney seems like a very shitty person to me. Well, I think they all are. At the, well, not Heather, but Tammy and Sydney both, as well as Tammy's dad, who wanted to beat somebody's, you know, head in with a stick. So, I I think they're all shady at this point, and this is actually Carrie where we're going to wrap up because oh, yeah. we have actually talked about this for almost two hours, and wow. That was a long podcast, and it's a huge podcast, and you guys have to know, like, we have so much more to discuss. The rest of this is so amazing. Yes, we've got the actual um, days after Heather's disappearance and uh, Sydney and Tammy's additional, you know, shittiness. So I I definitely want to thank you guys for, for sticking with us, and 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 want to say, if you guys have any information surrounding the disappearance of Heather Elvis, contact the Horry County Police Department. Uh, the number is 843-915-5350. And make sure you turn in next week. We are, we're going to look further into the timeline of events of December 18th and learn more evil shit, as I said, about Tammy and Sydney. And in addition to that, I mean... You guys did not ask, but Chrissy and I are going to give you our opinion and our beliefs 
Yes. As to what we think happened. Absolutely. Um, And there's, I mean, look. There's not too many, yeah, there's not too many outcomes that this can play out after having visited the the actual landing. So, but let um, me tell you, excited to share that information with you guys. Extremely excited. And thank you so much for tuning in. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. That is macabre. Have a good night. Bye.